0: Victory and Lebang podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. All right, uh, good day to everyone, and uh, I'm Andre, one of the pastors here in Victory, and I am especially excited to be preaching this uh, day in uh, to all of you here watching in our live streams in a different Victory platforms. Um, Excited for several reasons. Number one, this is the first time we're shooting in our newest facility here in uh, the here in the Village Square for our victory here in the South Hub Metro, and we also have uh, we we are also starting a new series called Generationship. Okay, so this is a two week series to talk about the next generation, and I am particularly extra excited for that because you know as a movement, as a church, this is what we're, we're all about. We are about the next generation. Generationship is really. Talking about, for the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about the importance of having the different generations, the older and the next generation coming together uh, for leadership, for advancing the kingdom of God. And, you know, as we talk about that, as we talk about the different generations, I know that, you know, in, in the different social media platforms, we see a lot of people arguing through memes, through discussions on, the, on how one generation is better than the other. So I'd like to go through some of these generations so that we have a picture of what we're trying to cover over the next two weeks. Uh, There are different generations according to studies, according to scholars. And these generations are not just based on the year they're born, but also the, the mindsets and the experiences that they've gone through because of the era that they were in. All right. So the first one is called the traditionalist. You are called a traditionalist if you were born around the years of 1927 to 1945. This is uh, way back. This is uh, before and during World War II. This is also called, the traditionalists are also called the silent generation because they were raised up. This is not a general thing. This is just a, uh, this is just a, uh, this is not a stereotype. This is just a general uh, description of the generation. They're called the silent generation. Why the silent generation? Because they're told to, They were raised up, not allowed to speak what they think. I'm not sure about that, but that's what it says about this generation. The next one after that is what we call the baby boomers. Okay, so this is where we, this is the generation that was born from 1946 to 1964. This is what we call the post World War II generation. These were the people. This is the generation that were rebuilding the nation, our country, after a huge world war. So you, you know, we understand. how they are, why they think the way they think, it's because of the experiences that they've gone through. After that, we have the Generation X. Okay, for, for those of you who are part of the Gen X, you are You are the ones born from 1965 to 1980 or called the hippie generation. I'm not sure why that, that is called such uh, in such a way, but the Generation X are actually passionate about uh, political views, about cultural views, about uh, making the country a better place for For everyone. Uh, And that's why, you know, Generation X have a lot of voice about certain matters. They were the ones actually who who participated in uh, in the People's Revolution. This is called the majority of those young people back then are called the Generation X. After that, my generation called the Millennials or the Gen Y. 1981 to 1996 or... This is actually the generation that experienced the transition of, of, of technology coming from almost nothing to advancing where it is now. And, uh, you know, the, the millennials were raised up by both baby boomers and Generation X. That's why we think like this. That's why we're so passionate about certain causes. We're so passionate about uh, the world and how to change it. And then after that, the, the the current generation, actually not the current generation, we have what we call the Gen Z, Generation Z born from 1997 to 2010, or called the technology generation. These were the children born in a a digital age. Anyone after 2010, I don't know what they're called yet, but we have a new generation coming up. But you see the importance of talking about generations. There are many different generations. There are generations that are coming. There There are generations that have gone. But that is why it's very important for us to understand what does the Bible say about that? You know, in the world, each generation are trying to do the other one better. But in the Bible, and that's what we're going to be looking at uh, today, the Bible is very specific in having these two generations come together, and especially with the story that we're about to look at. If you've just been invited, you know, uh, to to view this live stream, I hope that you see the beauty of what the Bible has to say about the you know the, the existence and the how two generations can work together. And if you are a Christian, you're part of our church or you're part of another church, but you've been. You, you know you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I pray that we realize that especially in this season, that God is definitely doing something about the different generations that are alive today. Why don't we all open up our Bibles to First Samuel 17, 31-40. And it says there, When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth. Let me read that again. So this is what Saul said to David. For you are but a youth. And he has been a man of war from his youth. Talking about Goliath. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there." And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of, of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by the by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistines, this imagine the audacity of David to say this. This uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Verse 38, I know this is kind of a read, but bear with me. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor and he tried in vain to go. For he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off, and then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Open up our hearts and open up our minds. Holy Spirit, minister to us, especially, Lord, that we need to hear this word in in this day and age. Make us, Lord, allow us, God, to not just take in your word, God, but be able, God, to apply this uh, from the days on. We thank you and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. So when we talk about David, everyone, you know, majority of us, if not all, know what David did. We know the story of David defeating this giant named Goliath with his, you know, with his his slingshot and a stone. This giant who's armor-clad, who... who was carrying a large sword, was defeated by a small guy named David. We know that story. But what we don't know are the stories leading up to that. In fact, what we do know before this text is that David uh, was not part of Israel's army. His dad, his father, Jesse, asked him, you know, bring this food to your brothers because some of his his brothers were part of of the army of Israel. And so he got there. This is the scenario he he experienced. He saw uh, Goliath. This, this giant, this nine-foot giant, taunting the armies of Israel, the people of Israel, for 40 days. He just got in. This is a teenager who was not in this particular war. He got in and he said, This can't be. I cannot just accept this taunting, uncircumcised Philistine to mock my God, to mock my people. And so we know the, the before and the after of this story. But we, we're not aware and normally, we don't, normally we, we don't usually discuss, was the conversation that happened in between. Something happened in between. There was a talk, there was a discussion that needed to happen between two men. And this, is, this, this discussion happened between King Saul and David, who had 30 years in between of them. King Saul was, more than, uh, was about 30 years older than this, uh, than this teenager called David. There was a huge discussion and we're going to be looking at certain truth. The, what what are some patterns and truth that we can see from this discussion that happened between the two of them? And the reason why this discussion is important is because this discussion was the one that enabled David to do what he did to Goliath. This discussion needed to happen. This conversation needed to happen so that David can do what he needed to do against this nine-foot giant that is mocking the kingdom of Israel. So what are some of these truths that we're going to be looking at in this particular conversation that we you know, we rarely look at? We know this conversation, but we barely look at it. So we're going to be studying it this day. Number one, we understand that there are different generations, but that means also that we have different experiences. And that is the first truth we're going to be looking at. 1 Samuel 17:33 to 37. We read this earlier, but let me read that again. And Saul said to David, "You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth." This thirty-year-old guy, this thirty years older person, King Saul, uh, has every right to say this because he would see a young person. He would see a small guy named David, and that's that, that was his first impression. He said, "You are, you know, you, you're you're but a youth." Anong alam mo? Kabataan ka lang, bata ka lang. What do you know? Anong ambag mo? But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father and when there came a lion or bear, and he started talking about the things that he experienced in the wilderness, defeating lions and bears, protecting his flock. You see, there are two, these two characters in this particular conversation had different reactions to the same dilemma. They had the same problem. They had the same dilemma. But they are, have two different reactions. Saul to David, like what I said earlier, he said, you're, you're, you're but a youth. What do you know? You know, you, you know nothing. You have no experience in life. I have more experience in life. That's what Saul was, was saying. I'm not trying to put Saul in this story in a particular uh, bad light. I'm just explaining what the conversation, how the conversation is going on. Uh, but this is where he was coming from. What do you know? You don't know anything. The reason why I'm highlighting this is because if we look at our social medias now, whether that's Facebook, whether that's Twitter, I don't know about Instagram, but if you look at certain, it's not even a discussion. People are fighting online uh and um, a lot of these fights are trying to uh, are are fights between the older generation and the next generation you know the next generation calling the older generation okay boomer as an insult the older generation are calling the young people inexperienced you know you don't even know how to 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 wash plates or whatever whatever they they're saying and people barking at each other fighting each other and you know as christians they that's not how god intended it to be Although Saul was doing the same thing. You see what David did here. And this is a message to the next generation. This is a message to the younger people. Look at how David responded to Saul. <clears throat> so for example, what? How, why is Saul talking to David like that? Why is the older generation talking like that? Um, I explained it earlier. We have the older generations. They have different experiences. For the younger people, we don't know their experiences. Baby boomers built the nation after a huge war. So imagine the dirt and the hard work that they that, that they have placed in. They have, in their experiences, they really went through a lot of things. To the older generation, talking to the next generation, the next generation also have different uh, issues, also have different uh, um, problems they are facing. There has never been uh, a time in our day and age, where schools and whatever we're doing has always been a competition. Our, the next generation is living in a world where their parents are telling them to, you know, you have to be better than your cousin. You have to be better than this, this person. This, this whole competition among each other, this is the culture that the, the next generation is growing up in. Obviously, these are different issues. There is a huge difference. But that's why we need a conversation. But you see, this is what David did. He said, Okay, you, you call me a youth, but this is my experience. He talked about it. But in First Samuel 38 to 40, this is what David did. Okay, let me let me explain this. Then Saul clawed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these. I'm going to try it. I've worn it, but I cannot go with this for I have not tested them. So David put them off, then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. You know what David did? This is what, and I hope this is an encouragement to a lot of our next generation who's listening to this. If You're a young person. David took the suggestion of the older guy. He took on the armor. He did not disrespect the person who, who was older, what he did was he took it on and then he realized, you know what? This is not for me. He did not immediately dismiss King Saul. He took the suggestion. He took the idea. He, took, he, he clothed his armor. And that's when he, he, when he tested it out. He realized, you know what? This is not for me. I cannot move. Maybe that's a conversation that needs to be to happen. Maybe we need to hear them out first. Next generation, we need to hear the older generation first. And that's when the conversation needs to go. And the reason why David did not go to Saul and say, okay, boomer, the reason why he did not disrespect the older generation was because David knew something. David knew that King Saul was not the enemy. Next generation, the older generation is not the enemy. They're not. Older generation, the next generation is also not the enemy. We may have different ways. We may have different experiences. We may may be coming from different uh, generation, but we have the same enemy. That's my next point. Different ways, <clears throat> but with the same enemy. First Samuel 17, 32, it says there, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. Let me clarify this. You know, David knew something. He understood that the enemy is not just Goliath. Yes, he came there. He saw this nine-foot giant mocking the people of Israel. But to David, he, was, he knew Goliath is not the main enemy. I need to defeat Goliath because there is a bigger enemy happening behind. You know who the bigger enemy is? It's the kingdom of the Philistines. Uh, Goliath was just a pawn. He's just one of the army of the kingdom of uh, of of the Philistines who are, who's trying to occupy the kingdom of Israel. There is a bigger enemy out there. And David knew that. And let me encourage you guys that our current situation, whatever fights going on in this world, whatever issues of Uh, of injustice, corruption, racism, classism, sexism, or whatever ism there is. These are, yes, these are bad things, but there is a bigger enemy behind this. There is a bigger enemy that is driving these things. There is a bigger enemy that is causing this world to fall apart. And that is the main enemy. That is the same enemy as Christians we have. Our world was led to this. Because of the issue of sin. I'm not trying to downplay these issues that we're facing now, whether that's COVID, whether that's the issues that we're, we're facing as a country, in the political arena, uh, the issues that we have in our healthcare, or, or the corruption issues that we have heard, or the issues abroad. I'm not trying to downplay that. What I'm saying is, these are giants, but there is a bigger enemy behind that. And that is called Sin. It is our sinful nature that has led to the injustice of the world. It is our sinful nature that has led to people destroying and killing and murdering other people. It is the sinful nature that we all have, that we were all born with because of one man named Adam. I mean, that's why it's important as Christians. When I say, let's not downplay it, I'm not trying to downplay it. In fact, what I want to encourage you guys, especially you, next generation. If you see injustice in the world, if you see racism, if you see things that are unfair, if you see uh, corruption in the world, yes, we call it out. Yes, we uh, yes, we put people in, in in accountability. But at the same time, there has to be done because when we understand that there is a bigger enemy out there, that we're not just be, we're not just going to be comfortable with our keyboards. We're not just going to be comfortable with just typing our replies in our social media. It will actually lead us into doing something. It will actually lead us to to speak for the poor. It will actually lead us to speak for those that are marginalized. The, the, those that are being treated unfairly. I I want to commend certain people here uh, here on screen. I want to commend people who have been helping who had made projects uh, during our pandemic season, during our lockdown to actually help people to actually raise funds. We have a uh, people like Trey Remulia, Daniela Hugo, we have uh, Rachel uh, Tonelada, we have Sheila Wong who raised up funds for uh, Pamantasan ng Mainila Maynila, ah, uh, I'm sorry. We have uh, our Every Nation Campus here in South Hub who, who raised up funds. And for you guys who participated in raising up funds so that we can help students for Montelupa National High School. That's why we're doing this. We're not just doing this because we're, we're, we're rallying a cause. We're doing this because we know that Every little action we do for the kingdom of God is a is an attack, is a strike against the bigger enemy that we're trying to fight against, uh, uh, called our sinful nature. Ephesians six twelve it says. Therefore, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly. And that is why ultimately when we understood, when when we understand that all these things are caused because of our sinful nature, that is why we have to come together. It is the very reason why Jesus have to come here on earth to become 100% God and 100% man, live a perfect life, a life we should have lived. And after and he died the death, we should have died paying for our sin. He, he died because of our sinful nature. And when He died, because He lived, He was worthy. He lived a perfect life. After three days, He resurrected again. He defeated the power of the of our sin. He defeated the power of our sinful nature by resurrected, resurrecting again after three days. And He gave us eternal life because of that. He gave us power because of that. And now we can do so much because of the Holy Spirit. That we, you know, as as people understanding that this, the power of sin is no longer... It's not that powerful anymore compared to the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Compared to the power of Jesus Christ. Then we can actually do so much. Imagine what will happen if both generations will come together and say, you know what, let's do this. Let's rebuild this country. Let's change this world together. This is not just a job for the older generation. This is not just a job for the next generation. And I'm speaking as the middle generation for this particular context, okay? This is a job for everyone everyone who professes that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. We have the same enemy. That is why we have the same goal. And most importantly, we have the same God. We're worshiping one God. Our source of power, our source of salvation. It's the same God. 1 Samuel 17 to 37. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul finally agreed. And Saul said to David, Go and the Lord be with you. They finally united together. You know how? Because they understood that they're serving one God. It is not just, this is not just a, uh, we're not just advancing a cause. We're not just advancing a political agenda. We're not just advancing any kind of agenda. We're advancing the kingdom of God, we are advancing the calling of God that has placed in each and every one of our lives. The call of God that has, that he placed in the, in the, in the baby boomers, in the generation X, in, in the millennials, in the, in, in the Gen Z, in all these generations. God has placed a similar calling and that is to advance the kingdom of God. And finally, David and Saul, they finally agreed. Finally agreed. Imagine the power we carry when our generations will come together when our generations will choose to drop down our swords against each other and say, you know what, let's work together. We may not agree in everything, but what we agree on is that we have the same God and we are advancing his kingdom together. And we all know what happened to this. When Saul finally allowed David to wear whatever armor he's comfortable with, he, he put on his usual shepherd's clothes, he did not give him a sword. Uh what Saul uh, what David did was he picked up stones. And we know the rest of the story. This was one of the most epic fights that even people that are not part of our faith they, they know the story of David and Goliath. They know the story of the small teenager who defeated a 9-foot giant by slinging a stone towards his forehead and after that he cut off his head with his own sword, Goliath's sword. This amazing epic story of a small guy small teenager defeating a giant was not just because of David this was because an older generation empowered him and the reason that empowerment happened was because of this conversation imagine that but here's the thing here's the thing David is not the only teenager in this story I'm pretty sure a lot of people in the army are probably in their teens. There are more teenagers, or are more next generation in, in the land of Israel. But why, but why is it it was only David who had the audacity to face the king and the giant and told him, you know what, king, we need to defeat this giant, this giant. This giant has no right, this Philistine has no right for he is uncircumcised to mock our God, to mock the nation of Israel. Why is it only David why was he the only one aware of uh, or bothered by what, by what this uh, Philistine was doing? You know why? If we read through the verses before and David likes to talk about this and I'm going to be ending with this. David spends time in the wilderness protecting sheep because he was a shepherd. And in the wilderness, he has faced lions, he has faced bears. The wilderness is a place where it's desolate, there's nothing there, there's not much life. The the wilderness of of Israel is is not teeming with greens, it's not very green, there's little vegetation. There's not just there, there there isn't so much prosperity in the wilderness of Israel. But David met God in the wilderness. It was in the wilderness that he started writing songs. You know, Psalm 23 was written by David and he wrote this in the middle of the wilderness. It it was in the middle of of the wilderness where he learned to not just fend for himself he learned how powerful God is he learned that his most important relationship was between him and his God it was in the wilderness that David became the most powerful man uh, one of the most powerful men in, in the history of Israel in the history of the world it was in the wilderness where David finally met God it was in the wilderness that all these things happened to this young man named David Aren't we all in a wilderness right now? Isn't this lockdown? Isn't this pandemic a a, a picture of what spiritual wilderness, economic wilderness look like? We are now living in a wilderness. And some of us are, you know, I'm, I'm not again trying to downplay this. There are many bad stories that we have heard. There are many sad stories that we have heard. But maybe one of the reasons why we are in a wilderness right now is because God is raising up an army of Davids, a young people who are not just we're not just here to listen to the word but they're actually interested these are people these are young people that are now experiencing life and they're now experiencing what it feels like during the time of David they're experiencing wilderness and maybe this is a time for us to have conversations with them we have a generation that is coming up that is not just interested with what they're hearing from this live stream they actually want to open up the Bible want to see where this is coming from they want to learn it from themselves God is raising up an army of David to change this nation and to change This world, and all we need to do, older generation, is to sit down with them, disciple the next generation. Us campus missionaries, we can't, us pastors, we can't go to the campuses. Older generation, you are with the next generation right now. This is not the time for us to be chillax Christians. The reason why a lot of young people have left faith is because they saw people talking about faith and they're living a different kind of life. Maybe this is a time for us to say, God, I don't want to be that kind of older generation. I don't want to be a source of, of offense. I don't want to be a source of, of the young people leaving faith because of the way I live. God, work in my life. Make me experience you so that the young generation, the next generation looking at me will also experience you for themselves. This is a time for us to disciple the next generation, dear older generation. But at the same time, this is a time for us to encounter God Himself. There is a generation that is about to come up and they will change the world. Let us be a part of that. As we advance His kingdom, as we sit down together, as we pray together, as we encourage one another, and as we disciple the next generation that let this be a moment for us why don't we all close our eyes right now to come to God and say Lord here I am I can't go out of the house God but you have placed younger generation in front of me for all the parents for all all the aunties or the grandparents that have the next generation generation with, with them if you are an older sister or brother with a younger sibling Lord here we are use us God make us experience you again. Yes, we are in the wilderness, God, but a lot of people in the Bible experience you while they were in the wilderness. And Lord, let us experience you in a new way. That Lord, our experience will not just be coming from the live stream or the preaching that we're hearing, but we're actually coming from the word that we're gonna that we're reading. And Lord, let our experience be a testimony to the next generation as well, so that they will experience you, so that they will see you, so that they will know you, so that they will know, God, what your plan is for their lives. So Lord, we dedicate ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are another prayer, if you are a next generation, if you are a younger person, if you're a part of a younger millennial or you're part of the generation, can you close your eyes right now if you're watching this? If you're an older generation, can we lay our hands on them? Lord, we thank you, God. Lord, we dedicate the lives of these people, these young people to you. Lord, that this season will be a season, God, of knowing you. Not just being comfortable, God, with the things that they're experiencing in the world. Not not just comfortable, God, with with the, the, the pleasures of this world, God. But Lord, let this be a season, God. As you have taken so much things away from us, Lord, let this be a season for them, God, to understand what you have called them to do. That, Lord, that there is a spirit that you're waking up in them. Lord, we thank you, Holy Spirit. Minister to our young people right now, God. Lord, yong, yong, the, the bother, Lord, the the issues that they're facing, or Lord, the the things that they see in the country that are not making them, Lord, that, that that are making them not quiet anymore. Lord, let this same uh, fire burn in them, God, so that they know, Lord, that you are really the only answer to all these issues of the world. That you are the only answer, God, to all the corruption and sexism and classism and racism, God, that we're, we're experiencing. Lord, we, you are the answer, God. When people understand the value of people's lives. That we're actually here to help each other and lift each other up, and how you have lifted it up, lifted us up, God, from our own sin, lifted us up, God, from eternal death to eternal life. We thank you, God, for this next generation. In Jesus' name, we pray. One more prayer. If this is your first time listening to our live stream, if this is your first time being a part of our church or joining us for church. Or maybe you have been watching, been attending for the longest time, but you haven't really given your life to Jesus Christ. You haven't really decided if you want to have a a personal relationship with him, but something is tugging in your heart right now. Then let me call that out. Why don't you close your eyes and pray this with me? Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. No longer will I want to rule my own self, but you have shown me how much I need you. And so I give my life to you. You are now my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Lord, we thank you, God, for these people. Thank you, Lord, for their lives. Lord, thank you for this day on, God, that they will see you as someone to have a relationship with, that you are their Savior. Thank you and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. If you have prayed that prayer with us, we do have a Connect Room happening right after the service. We will be providing the link. We would want to walk with you. We would want to... uh, um, uh, journey with you in this walk of faith uh, so please do let us know send us a message again we have a connect room or send us a message here in our uh, in our victory page and uh, you know we would love to pray with you as well so please do join us later alright awesome Okay, we do have, uh, I hope you guys are encouraged this uh, this this day. We do have a discussion question. Please do take time, whether you're going for lunch or going for dinner uh, when watching this. Please do take time to discuss this amongst you know, the people that you're with right now. We will be flashing the questions here on screen. So please take time. You can screenshot it. You can take a picture. You can write them down. Pause the video if you need to. Uh, but take time to actually talk about this, especially with the next generation. All right? Awesome. All right. Why don't we all raise up our hands? We're going to be ending here. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. Thank you that after this, God, Lord, stir in us the fire to raise up God and disciple the next generation, the next generation, God, that will inherit this country. And Lord, we are excited to see the next generation, Lord, come to you, honor you, and serve you, and experience you and encounter you, God as eventually they will lead this nation. Lord, use us for that. Lord, we declare your goodness. We declare your blessing. And Lord, we declare, God, Lord, your honor and your name over our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you guys for joining us in our live stream. We'll, We'll see you all next week. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalamang.church.